0: Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message.
1: Um, Wow, what a beautiful day. I, I, um, God is so good.
0: I, I almost got saved.
1: <laughs> oh. You laughing at my, oh. Okay. Um, we are going to teach today. Um, we had a beautiful time this past week. Tuesday night, we had our um, very first dwell team night of the year. And um, it was just a night focused on prayer as we are launched into our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, And we had an amazing time and we just, we, we talked about fasting and we're going to do that again today. Um, It was, it was an incredible time and we had a time of prayer at the end. um, And we're going to do that again today. I know we prayed already, Uh, but we're going to,
0: can I just share what happened on Wednesday night, Wednesday night. How many of you were here Wednesday night? It may have been the most intense encounter with the presence of the Lord since we launched Dwell Church. It's just mind-boggling. I know. I told you I have places in here where I bump into Jesus. There are hot pockets sometimes over here. Hot spots, sometimes back over in that corner, but right here is my favorite spot. And I came over here just because I was just pursuing. I came in and got on my knees and I heard the Lord say double. Everybody say double. Double. Can I get a little more volume on this? Um, And so when I heard double, I saw spelled out D O A B L E. And I remember kind of, I'm trying to share what I heard God say. I'm a little conflicted. I'm like, that's not how you spell double. I'm like, how how do you spell double? And and I'm, this is going on in my mind. As I'm saying, the Lord said, double, double, double. And it wasn't until the next night that I'm talking to Melissa at at prayer at seven. And, uh, and it dawns on me that I've seen, I'm hearing double, but I'm seeing doable. Do the math. Uh, I, so I just want to declare to you, double is doable. It's it's It was like, I was like, Lord, that's kind of clever how you did that. That's, you showed me one thing, you spoke another thing, and I say yes! Yeah, 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 yeah. So hide and watch what God's going to so do. So
1: good, so good. I know we have a lot of guests here today. We're so glad you've joined us. Um, so if you are not in a season of fasting, we're going to teach today on... Um, Eight different reasons why we fast and all found in scripture. Um, but first I want to say we have some special guests with us today. We're so glad that um, to see Cody and Audrey Crouch here with us. Um, we love... She's
0: getting so fat. <laughs> 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 You're, she's pregnant and we're... You see right yes. there. She's-
1: yeah, Cody and Audrey are expecting their first baby.
0: In the summer... June. June. So
1: awesome. So we just, we love the Crouch family. We love TBN. um, And we're just honored that you're here in the house with us today. We love you. Okay. Um, We first, before we dive into the eight reasons why we fast.
0: You fast to lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) No. Wrong answer. (laughs) But I will say if you're fasting and you're not losing weight, you might be doing it wrong.
1: Oh, that's great. Um let's talk about the types of fasting okay. first. Okay. So as you know, those of you who have been a part of Dwell Church for a while, when we do our corporate fast in the month of January, as many churches do, um this has kind of become like a theme in the body of Christ and it's a beautiful way to put God first, to seek him um in a, in a deeper way at the, at the start of the year. And um but we don't um you know, we're not all on the same kind of fast. You might be doing a Daniel fast. That's what we're doing. Um, you might be doing a partial fast, fasting one meal a day, or fasting sun up to sundown. I know some that are doing a liquid fast. Um, there are different ways to fast. You might be doing a soul fast, which is uh, fasting social media. I know I've heard, or you know, different kinds of media that consumes so much of our time, right? Um, and so there are different ways to fast, but whatever you're doing during these 21 days, know that the goal of fasting is prayer. Right? So, um, if we're we're fasting but not praying, then our friend Manny Arango says that we're just on a hunger strike. So, um, so be sure, and that's why I love her opening up. Uh, the, the church every night, Monday through Friday, uh, 7 p.m. for an hour of prayer. We're continuing with our Monday morning 6 a.m. prayer, our Wednesday night worship and prayer, Friday noon prayer. Um, so,
0: but we're also doing. You just said Monday through Friday. Yeah. Monday tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Thursday night at 7 p.m. And Friday. So we get two doses on Friday. Noon and 7 p.m. Yes.
1: So, and you may not be able to make it out here. And that's okay. But make sure you're finding time to seek the Lord uh, during this
0: fast. Did you see our post this week? Nicole and I are standing in the kitchen. And we pull out a bag of corn chips. (laughs) And I said, it's practically a vegetable. (laughs) I got some people correcting me on on
1: instagram so. <laughs> we didn't need the we didn't, eat we the didn't porti- need that. the tortilla chips um <laughs> i love it fasting and prayer puts us in tune with the holy spirit our nature is to pray selfish prayers right uh, but the point of fasting is to tune our hearts to what god desires and so as we push away our plate as we push away distractions and we tune into the Holy Spirit, and we we may start out, and you'll see one one of the reasons for fasting is believing God for a miracle, and you might be believing God for a miracle during this time. Um, but as you tune in to Him, and He He reveals His heart to us, and we become more like Him. And you know that Scripture He gives us the desires of our heart. Really, a, a better, a, a truer meaning of that Scripture is that. As we surrender to him, he puts the desires in our heart that are his desires. And so we actually begin to um, desire the things that that, that he does. That is
0: so good. Yeah. Did you just make that up right now? Just now. That was was, was good. So we're going to go over these eight reasons to fast. And we're just going to dig through scripture. We have a lot of verses that we're going to share with you. So just be ready.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And as we're talking through these today, I would just really encourage you to um to think about why you're fasting. Why why what am, what why am I fasting these 21 days? Is it just because my church is and that's okay because you'll see as well corporate uh fasting together creates unity and so that's awesome. But think about as we're going through these, why am I fasting? So the first reason or the first um reason to fast that we see in scripture is something we really don't talk about um, in modern day church and that is uh, mourning, mourning and mourning and grieving and lamenting. We see fasting in the Old Testament. Um, we're gonna go to Judges chapter 20, verse 24 through 27. It says, so the people of Israel came near against the people of Benjamin the second day. And Benjamin went against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed 18,000 men of the people of Israel. All these were men who drew the sword. Then all the people of Israel, the whole army, went up and came to Bethel and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. So we see weeping and fasting together And um, dive in here because this scripture is actually, what what was taking place here? This
0: is, you have to understand the context here. Israel and Benjamin are actually, this is a civil war between the people of God. Benjamin is one of the 12 tribes. And so Benjamin, uh, you you have to go through the whole, uh, there's such a deep place to understand the chronological placement here. But this is... Uh, they're, they're killing their brothers in this civil war, and so that is one of the the reasons they grieved this. Yeah. Some yes,
1: uh, we'll go to the next scripture in First Samuel chapter thirty one. First Samuel chapter thirty one verses eleven through thirteen says, "When the people of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their valiant men marched through the night to Bethshan." They took down the bodies of Saul and his sons from the wall of Bethshan and went to Jabesh where they burned them. Then they took their bones and buried them under a tamarisk tree at Jabesh and they fasted seven days. I've got one more scripture to show you um, fasting and weeping uh, going together as, as the people of God mourn. In Nehemiah chapter 1 verses 3 and 4. you're taking notes, Nehemiah chapter one, verses three and four. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So I just wanna say that, you know, um, we don't see this in our culture today, right? Fasting when we are mourning, but but what do we often see that that maybe when we lose someone that's dear to us, it's kind of like a natural reaction our body has, right? To like lose our appetite, or we may not eat because we are grieving. And so it's a powerful thing to be intentional about that and say, you know what, I'm going to um, I'm going to bring my grief and my lament before the Lord and um, I'm going to bring him into the grieving process. How many know um, oftentimes, I would say most of the time, people in our culture do not grieve well. And so this is like a beautiful way that we see in scripture um, to bring our grief and our mourning before the Lord.
0: And I just want to say to you, uh, there are a couple of people I know, probably more, that are in a season of grief now, and I just want to invite you again
1: yeah,
0: to yeah. bring your grief to Him. Don't don't be mad at Him. Yeah. God, why did you let this happen? Uh, but bring your grief to Him.
1: Yeah, I had I heard one friend share that as they fasted, it as a way of. Of grieving, it was like putting a firewall between the season of grief and the new season that God had for them. So it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna bring this before the Lord, and and I'm gonna grieve well, and I'm gonna bring it to Him. And it's like a a firewall between this season um, of mourning and so that I can I can expect good things in the new season that God has.
0: The danger. And I'll just interject this, and we'll move on to the next thing. the, the danger in not bringing your grief to Him is uh, when Herod gave the the decree to kill all the young babies when Jesus was born. The Bible, there's a scripture that says Rachel was weeping and refused to be comforted. Right, yeah. There, there are times that we get so uh, offended at God, and we refuse. The comfort. Yeah. So let me encourage you. Whatever you're walking through. During, during this fast. Bring it to him. Yeah. Embrace him in it. Yes. So now the next, the next thing. That one of the reasons we fast. Is uh, repentance. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to read. First Samuel the 7th chapter. Verses 2 through 6. Then all the people of Israel. Turn back to the Lord. So Samuel said to all the Israelites, if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the asterisks and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their bales and asterisks. Manny told us last week the real way, the, the proper pronunciation is Baal. You know, I'm older than Manny. I've never heard that before, so I'm going to say Baal. The other way makes me a little nervous. And they served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, assemble all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day, they fasted, wow. and there they confessed, Jesus. we have sinned against the Lord. Mm. Nehemiah, chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, says this. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together, fasting and wearing sackcloth now sackcloth is like uh, a rough fabric, a coarse fabric, and it was it was for mourning. We just talked about mourning, but you 'll see again and again in scripture when any it, 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 any bad news comes when David lost his child uh, when his child died he, he it, it, there's always this mention of sackcloth and ashes, so as we 're reading this, understand that 's That's what it represents. Wearing sackcloth and putting dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. I know we get self-righteous people in church think they've done nothing wrong. We don't have anything to repent for. Sometimes... We need to repent on behalf of those who came before us. Repent means it's a turning away from confession. Confess to a godly person you can trust.
1: Yeah, I just want to encourage you in that because I think a lot of times we like, well, I confessed it to the Lord. You know, um, I hope that you have, whether if, if we're your pastors here in this house, whether it's your pastor, whether it's a leader um, here in this house that you can trust, if it's a, a parent or a counselor or someone that you can trust to confess, there is power in confession. And um, oftentimes, you know, a, a sin is, um, we're, we're, we may be caught in sin and not confess our sin. And so I would encourage you, yeah, to um, to find someone that you can trust and to to confess and bring, you know, bring this is, your struggle out into the light. Yeah, like. this
0: is yeah. the power of confession. When you confess to someone that you trust, uh, it turns a light on the dark place that yeah. you've been keeping secret. Yep, yep. And that person, you kind, you kind of paint yourself in a corner and it helps you. Um, it's, accountability. it's accountability that helps you uh, abstain from going back to that sin. Yes. Jonah, the 3rd chapter verses 4 through 10. Mm-hmm. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, understand these Ninevites are not Israel. They're not the people of Israel. When it reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink. I mean, even animals.
1: (laughs) Raise your hand if you're going to put your pet on a fast during these 20... (laughs) (laughs) But
0: let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call... Urgently yeah. on God. Let them give up their evil ways yeah. and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Wow.
1: Woo. Okay. Okay. Repenting, turning away from. I love it. Okay, the third way, um, or the, the, um, the third thing that we can fast for is a means of spiritual preparation. Say spiritual preparation.
0: Spiritual preparation. This is
1: really what I personally felt God um, kind of labeling these 21 days for me as a, as a time of spiritual preparation. Um, let's read in Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to the New Testament. Chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, spiritual preparation, a means of spiritual discipline, right? The, The author of Hebrews says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all but painful <laughs> later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Um,
0: have you ever been whipped?
1: I, <laughs> I was smacked a few times. Yeah. I got the smack as a teenager.
0: I remember when you were a teenager, uh, I, I think, I think a couple times when the way you were smart to your mother, that was good. I, re- I got whipped by my dad once. My mom was always the disciplinary. And I remember once, all six kids are getting whipped. Uh, Only one person rode on the chair, and (laughs) and nobody would tell. And so she just starts whipping all of us. And she gets down to my sister, who is the youngest, and finally asked her, Lisa, did you ride on this chair? Yeah. Well, why didn't you say anything? You didn't ask me. Uh, Another time, I remember mom was whipping us, and it got to me. And uh she got sick and fainted before she whipped me, and I was so thrilled. <laughs> Just interjecting, sorry. I love it. Squirrel, love it. keep yes. going.
1: Yes. Well, but there there is a different there is a difference. I want to make I want to draw the line here between discipline and punishment. If if my child does something that they don't know they're not supposed, you know, they don't know they're supposed not supposed to do it. If I punish them, but I've never trained them that they're not supposed to do it, that that's not fair, right? So, but discipline is is training that I've instructed them mm-hmm. um, and I've trained them and in, in brought discipline that this is you know how we behave or this is what it, whatever fill in the blank, right? And then if they go against what I have told them and and how I've disciplined them or trained them, and they know better, then 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 there's a call for punishment, right? But I can say I want to be an athlete or a musician or um, whatever dream that you know a young person may have. Or, um, uh, but if I don't train for it, I, I'm never going to accomplish it. I'm not going to snap my fingers. And so, so this act of spiritual preparation and fasting is a spiritual training. It's a spiritual discipline to prepare us to handle weighty things weighty things um, we're going to read about jesus fasting in the desert okay um jesus fasted for 40 days at the beginning of his ministry this is an act of spiritual preparation In matthew chapter 4 starting in verse 1 then jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after fasting 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And how many know Jesus had Torah hidden in his heart. Jesus had the word of God written in his heart. And he said, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Fasting is a means of spiritual preparation. Fasting expands our spiritual capacity. It prepares us to handle weighty things. It's like a savings account or a well that I have reserves in that I can draw from. Uh, in times of temptation, in times of maybe spiritual attack, or or in times preparing for the ministry that God may have for me uh, to do. So let's prepare for ministry assignments. Let's prepare to say no in moments of temptation. Let's prepare... Uh, for maybe the new the new uh, uh, position he may have for you, the new job, the new business venture, um, fasting is an act of spiritual preparation.
0: How prepared are you for your ministry assignment?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so the next yeah. thing is personal. We fast for personal transformation or edification. Yeah. Oftentimes we go into fasting, believing God for a particular breakthrough or miracle. And instead, God transforms us into the person that can sustain the miracle or breakthrough that we're asking him for. This happened to the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, starting with verse 7. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations... A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. I like this translation. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect." In weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ yes, may rest. rest upon me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes God ans- God's answer is, My grace is sufficient. Yeah. Bottom line is that I am the number one thing that needs to change. Yeah, yeah. More than my circumstance. I am in the process of being transformed yeah. into the image of Jesus. Yeah. It's the process of sanctification. We don't use that word. That's in the church I grew up. We had testimony services. And people always said when they got up, before they had a testimony, they thanked the Lord for saving me and sanctifying me and fill me with his Holy Ghost. <laughs> sounded good, but I had no idea what it meant. <laughs> but yeah. this... Discipline is a process of sanctification. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. The goal is to become like Christ. Amen? Yes. All right, another reason we fast, which, see, what number is this? I didn't number them. Number five, okay. Number five, we fast to break sinful strongholds. Yes. Break sinful strongholds. I have got to develop an appetite for God that supersedes the hunger that I have for whatever sin cycle that I might be struggling with. My hunger for him has got to supersede um, my weakness, my my struggle, my sin. Um, Fasting. Okay, how many know if whatever issue I might be dealing with, is it... uh, in regard to sin or a cycle that I'm in, and I can't seem to overcome it, it points to a root in my life. the The sin is the fruit of of a deeper thing going on, and so that that the root issue is what needs healing. And so, um, the power of of fasting uh, it is God revealed to me, not just. I see what I'm doing here that I that I don't want to do, but why am I doing it? Why am I doing it? What is the root issue? There's always an underlying issue that needs healing. Why do I have an appetite for this sin that I struggle with? I want to hunger and thirst after righteousness. I want to taste and see that the Lord is good, just like scripture says. Yes. Uh, just as Jesus, we just quoted uh, what Jesus said as he quoted uh scripture. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God, I want my desire for you to far outweigh any desire I have uh, for a sinful habit or cycle that I'm in. Uh, I want to read Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. I heard uh, someone say this, that, you know, we we believe in deliverance around here. We know that oftentimes uh, people need deliverance from um, demonic spirit that might be attached to them or impacting their lives. But did you know that you cannot cast out your flesh? (laughs) Scripture says we have to crucify our flesh. And so...
0: There's there's always... Plastic surgery—it's <laughs> kind of getting rid of some of the flesh.
1: Right, though. right, yes, yeah.
0: Sorry, sorry. I, I,
1: <laughs> if it, it, plastic surgery in the spirit—that's what <laughs> fasting is. Um, you know, crucifying our flesh. Oh man, um, this I is. I thought
0: about getting my eyes done, but I just—I'm just, just going to go with it.
1: We're just—we're just working with it. Yeah. Um, this, this is a cool fact. Every twenty-one days. The taste buds on our tongue change. They literally change every 21 days. And so, kind of cool. May our spiritual taste buds change in these 21 days. Yes. I don't know about you, but I want God to reset my palate. God, reset our palate. May we desire you more than anything else. I'm going to read Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. A lot of scripture today. Hey, I'm all for more Bible reading in church. Okay, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Amen.
0: This, this is why I fast golf. <laughs> because when I golf... And I, I don't all think that like,
1: counts as a fast.
0: Well, no, but just I, I'm, hear me out. <laughs> it's like I want to say bad words when I hit a bad ball. And so I've just withdrawn from the game.
1: For the last 15 years. Yes, I haven't <laughs> played in a while. So top golf, you know. <laughs> yeah, top golf.
0: Okay. Uh, um, the next one, this is number six, right? Yep. We fast to hear God and get divine direction. An example, told you Wednesday night, I'm, I'm seeking God. We're, we're praying, we're fasting. Uh, and then I just go to this place and I hear the word double. Mm. Uh, that was from the Lord. I don't, if you like it or believe it or not, it was from the Lord. And, uh, so, so I find myself seeing and hearing more, uh, than I usually do in times of fasting. Daniel, The 10th chapter This is a lengthy uh, passage of scripture But I'm going to read it all Uh, I want you to get the context Daniel the 10th chapter starting with verse 1 In the third year of Cyrus king of Persia The revelation A revelation was given to Daniel Who was called Belteshazzar Its message was true And it concerned a great war The understanding of the message Came to him in a vision At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips, and I used no lotions. Until the three weeks were over. Lord, please don't ask me to not use lotions. (laughs) On the 24th, I got a dry spot right here. I need some... uh, (sighs) On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Ufaz around his waist. I don't know if I said that right. Let's just keep going and pretend I know. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, he's seeing The son of man, Jesus, he's seeing him. His eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze. John had a similar vision in the book of Revelation. And his voice like the sound of a multitude. Wow. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them. That they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking. And as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep. My face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel... You who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. But the prince Of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. It is a position of humility to fast. When you set your mind to gain understanding, you are putting yourself in a position of humility. Yeah. Prideful people think they know it all. Mm-hmm. They think they know everything. Humility says, teach me. Show me. Yeah. I, I shared this when we had our team night last Tuesday. Uh, I remember... Uh, I went on a 40-day fast. I think it was the only time I did, like, the water fast. And... uh, Back in about 25 years ago or so. Yeah, 25 years or so ago. And back in Indiana. (laughs) I remember... uh, I was at the church on Broad Street in Griffith, Indiana, when when I came to the end of the fast. And I was just like, you know, I believe all of this. This, you set your mind to gain understanding, so I'm pursuing God, and for 40 days, I'm getting nothing. I'm hearing nothing. But when I ended the fast, it was like, you remember some of you older people? And when I say older, I don't mean like ancient. I'm just saying. When Chris Reeves... Played, when Christopher Reeves played Superman? Some of you don't know who Christopher <laughs> Reeves is.
1: If you're 45 uh, or o- over, you so, remember that. So,
0: so when Superman came out, I remember the, uh, watching in the theater. And as Superman, the, word that, the title of the movie, it's like Superman. The word Superman is coming through these, this space where there's stars in the background. And there's just big white letters. And Superman is coming at you. And I was like, I always loved that. Well, when I finished this fast... I see the word manipulation in white letters like coming at me. And I was like... So I had to start considering every area of my life. God, God what are you saying? Am I being manipulated? Am I the manipulator? Yeah. And so I had to repent. I had to search. I had to open up my heart and let God... Reveal to me the areas of manipulation. People that were pushing my button. I was a peacemaker, but I learned in this process sometimes to get peace you have to make war. Because because I like things to be smooth, I don't want to I don't want to confront. But I had to learn in the kingdom you have to confront issues. Right, right. And so, uh, so but, that
1: was such a breakthrough for you mm-hmm. as God showed you as you heard God, you saw. Uh, this stronghold really that had kind of been yeah
0: and so I had to i had to like really go to the Lord I thought the forty days was enough but i now i'm in a position that I'm having to go and and search and deal with some things in my life in the area of manipulation yeah
1: So how many believing during these 21 days, you're going to be able to hear God as we tune in. We're going to hear clearly what he's saying to us and what he's revealing to us.
0: And we'll respond.
1: Yes. Yes. To what he
0: says. Yes. He has our yes.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Number seven. Why we fast. We believe God for miracles. Miracles is number seven. Reason why we fast. Throughout the scriptures, we see God's people fasting for a miracle. When we fast for a miracle or breakthrough, we're not coming to God from a place of entitlement as if we deserve something from him, but we are ridding ourselves of pride and coming to God in a posture of humility, Humility. believing God for a miracle. I want to read in the book of Esther, we see an example of fasting for a miracle. Um, Let's read uh, in Esther chapter 4. Starting at verse 5. Then Esther summoned Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, assigned to attend her, and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him including the exact amount of money Haman had promised. Is everyone familiar with this story of of Esther, Queen Esther, and her saving her people, the Jewish people? Okay, I'll keep reading. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. There is a plot uh, to destroy the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa, to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, uh, the king has but one law, that they be put to death, Unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Esther calls a fast, asks them to fast, believing for a miracle. And the the end of that story is the miracle happened and the Jewish people were saved. And. um and so that's a beautiful example of fasting for a miracle. I'm going to read one more short passage. Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 through 3 says, In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to, Jer- given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. So I don't know what you're believing. If you are believing God for a miracle, if that's the reason why you're fasting. And during these 21 days, we, uh, we come alongside you. We partner our faith with yours and we believe uh, that you're going to see what you're praying for. Amen.
0: Sometimes it's important, like last night. Uh, I came in, i got Carson in bed, and I came in, and Nicole has all of these prophetic words playing uh, from reputable people in our lives who had spoken the promise of God about certain things in our life, and she was rehearsing them. And I fell asleep, and she was still rehearsing them because I'm 60, and I fall asleep sooner than she does. Um, You've
1: always fallen asleep. <laughs> even when
0: I was 40. <laughs> uh but but it 's important this this is this is what Daniel was doing. Daniel was fasting yeah. rehearsing the prophetic words of Jeremiah about wow. the seventy years yes. that Israel uh, would be held captive in babylon and so this is the end of the seventy years, and he fasted for the release wow. yeah. he he was he was fasting and praying for the release of the promise of God. Yes. We have many promises in our life. If you don't have a specific prophetic word, his word is full of promises for his people. Yes, and yes. so during this 21 days, we've come through one week. We've got 14 days to go. Yep. I, I want to encourage you to find a promise to hold on to as you're fasting. Yep. Don't fast aimless, empty right. prayers. Last, the last, the eighth reason, I'm sure there are more that we haven't exhausted, uh, all that there is. But the eighth uh, one that we're using today is we fast for unity. Yeah. Corporate fasting for unity. Yeah. We see leaders in the Bible at different times proclaim a corporate fast, Jehoshaphat. He was facing this huge army in, in Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, and he called a fast. Yeah. And in that fast, the prophet Gehazel, I think that's how you say his name, rose up with a word from the Lord and gave them instruction. And it came during a fast. And yeah. Ezra, the 8th chapter, starting with verse 21, there by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. This is, this is a, a scriptural reference for when my, my granny and my mom and dad would always pray for traveling mercies. We'd be at, be at Grandpa Baker's house and we get ready to leave. Before we leave, let's pray for traveling mercies. You ever have that in your life?
1: Uh, here traveling is an mercies. Yes. Here's an example <laughs> Ezra
0: has been given the green light to leave Babylon to go begin the restoration of the city of Jerusalem the, for the, the promise that Daniel was just fasting for. Now, Ezra is part of the answer. Here he goes. Prayed for traveling mercies. Mm.
1: He called a fast. He's the leader, and he calls a fast for all the people to jump on board and be Mm -hmm. a part, right? And so that's what we're doing in these 21 days. So here's
0: the deal. Is your heart Mm. in the right place when your leaders proclaim a fast? Mm. Is your heart aligned with the leader and the visionary of the house? We are believing together for Dwell Church as a collective body to advance.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Fasting for unity. When we become one mind and one heart, incredible things happen.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: You don't even have to agree. That this is the right thing to do, but because the leadership says this is the step we're going to take, yeah. we, in a spirit of unity, yeah. we yeah. might not feel it, but we're stepping into it. We're walking right. in, so good. Right. in unity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, because here's the truth. We live in a very individualistic culture. We idolize ourselves in this Western culture. Um, it's all about self-care, self-awareness, self-love, self-acceptance.
0: <laughs> we love ourselves.
1: Yes. And what a corporate fast does is says, I may not even need anything from the Lord right now. But because the church that I'm a part of, the, the family of God that I'm connected to in the earth, because we're fasting together, I'm gonna dive in and I'm gonna and I'm going to lay aside my own selfish needs and desires or what I want to do and I'm going to
0: or the corn chips
1: or the corn chips and um I'm going to humble myself yeah. and do what what the house is doing I'm going to get in line and march like a good soldier and I know that's the heart of Dwell Church the heart of this house and um so we're believing God uh, for, for unity during these 21 it, days it brings
0: it brings a supernatural release yeah of of authority. Uh, we, we we see we see unity in the in the eleventh chapter of Genesis. There were the people at Babel who decided to build a tower and God looked down and said, Behold, the people are one. Yeah, yeah. Now nothing will be restrained From them, what they have imagined to do. He is saying this about a people that are heathens, (laughs) but they have one mind. They have unity in their purpose. And he says, nothing will be restrained from them. How much more, dwell church. When God looks down upon us and he sees, behold, the people of dwell are one. They have one mind, one thought. Nothing will be restrained from them whatever they imagine to do. We see it in the book of Acts. 120 people. He had to get rid of those 380 dissenters. Started with 500, but 380 didn't have the patience. They left, but there was 120. And somehow they found themselves in a place of unity. And suddenly... Suddenly, there was a sound like a rushing mighty wind that hit that room. Yeah, yeah. We visited it just a few weeks ago. Yeah. But as we connect our hearts, connect our thoughts, connect our pursuit, the suddenly of yes. God is within our reach.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It will take the suddenlies for us to... To accomplish what God has called us to do we can't do what he's called us to do in our own strength that's why we fast to eliminate so that we become like John the Baptist and say I decrease so you can increase I want this but you know what I'm gonna push it away because I want what you want so I use this time at the beginning of the year that it's it's not a New Year's resolution It's a New Year's declaration that we as a people are following hard after the purpose and the destiny of God on our lives. So we fast, so we pray, so we believe for miracles. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.